Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Dane Conan. Dane's a, a re- repeat guest, Dynasty Breaks. Saw him at the show, at the recent Waters Creek show, which was uh, pretty big time attended. In fact, Dane went to go connect with some customers from around the country. So I think it, was, it perhaps was the biggest show of the year, or certainly since uh, the COVID. Congratulations, Kyle. But I got Dane with me. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to do dealing, dealing questions. So I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but Dane's had since January to prepare because he was on in January of 2020, which is prehistory at this point. But thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Card, Burbank Sports Cards. CompC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and in a sense, Dynasty Breaks, <laughs> a little bit of a sponsor of a show uh, a few weeks ago and, and today. So delighted to have a conversation with Dane and uh, find out what he's been up to in this uh, these dangerous times we're living in. So welcome, Dane Conan. Dueling questions, the format, you can make an opening statement and you can do your first question for me. All right. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. It seems so much has happened in the last few months since I've been on. That's a different world and, and we're all ready for it to be over. <laughs> now, I've got a question for you to lead off. And uh, I listen to your show regularly. So I've heard you talk about when you started out doing pricing surveys. Here's my question. I'll lead into it. It's a little bit of a dual part question. When you started, I feel like from hearing you talk, one of your goals was to give collectors the knowledge to level the playing field with dealers so they would know, am I getting a good deal? Am I getting a bad deal? Did you experience from dealers any kickback? Hey, we don't like what you're doing. We like it the way it is. We don't want this. And did you, did you have any trouble just in general? People sometimes don't like taking surveys, don't like participating, don't like spending the time. Did you get a lot of kickback and was it a grind when you first started? Excellent question, Dane. I think it, it, it wasn't a grind. I was one of them. I, at that point, I'd start out being a collector as a kid. And then when I got back into it, I was collecting a little bit. And I experienced what you're talking about, the playing field not being level, that some of my first, because a lot of the action in the early days was trading. It wasn't like, hey, how much do you want for that? It was, hey, here's what I've got to trade. And I got taken advantage of, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, for sure, I got taken advantage of several times. But I'm a pretty quick study. And I figured out, mm, you don't want to trade rare cards for not rare cards. How hard is that? But you couldn't, you, nobody would say this is worth five bucks and this is worth 10 bucks. Therefore, two fives equal 10. Nobody had that reference of the money. You, you could buy cheaper cards, but the more expensive cards, you really would have to trade. So yes, I did have naysayers. I have people saying either you can't do it, you shouldn't do it, you won't be able to do it, nobody will buy it. And I said, number one, I can do it. <laughs> number two, I will do it. And number three, I'm going to give it away for free. So I did that for a while. And then obviously it got bigger to where when I did a book length thing, which was three years later, they priced every card. And it, it just, even though people said, I don't want to carry that. By, by then the playing field is level. You can't, you, they, the, the dealers couldn't say, hey, customers don't look at that because it really was pretty accurate. But again, I was a dealer at that time. I was buying and selling. Uh, on enough level that I had credibility, much smaller. I had the support of Sport Collectors Digest and Trader Speaks. I knew those guys. They so I wasn't a publisher at that time, but and Denny Eckes, my good friend and and colleague, he was he went to tons of shows. He was more supplies and things like that. He had a good reputation. So we were street shooters, and it just it's something that was going to. And finally, people figured out something's going to happen. Somebody's going to do it. Do it, and why not me? I guess, uh, but it was hard. And it was challenging and, and I never looked back and mm-hmm. I never really had doubts. It was the right thing to do. Yeah. 
Okay. I always wondered about the first few years of the magazine. I didn't make any money, but I knew I was on the right track. The books, the price cut books immediately made money, but there was a you know, one year incubation period of doing all the research, actually three years, if you count the other surveys. So when it came out, people just said it was a coming age, a little bit coming of age of the hobby. And I was a young, more aggressive guy. This was something that I thought had my name on it. So it was, it's really great. I was getting it on the ground floor and it really helped the hobby grow. And that's why the dealers quit complaining when they saw that their business increased. Sure, they sure. couldn't take advantage of the customers, but they didn't realize how many people wanted to buy cards if they just had a better handle on what they were worth. They had a place Everything to go when they first came in that made them feel like they knew what they were, uh, exactly. knew what they were doing. They weren't going to be taken advantage of. If they were, it was not to the same level. There, were, there, there would be horror stories of people taking huge advantage of unsuspecting collectors. And that right. it's, still could happen, but now the, 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 the books and the magazines are available. When you go to eBay, there's other places to get price. Okay, my turn. Listen to my episode about breaking that I did. Uh, those I, I participated in five breaks with a hockey product that I'd gotten from Upper Deck that I wanted to see if breaking was would be a more pleasurable or profitable experience. You list that episode, I think, Dane. So what did I do wrong besides not going to Dynasty Breaks? Let me add, I know it's not my turn, but tell me your top no, no. few, top well, few did, issues. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> answer my question. I'm sure you're going to edit this out. I did not have a chance to listen to that one yet. Okay, that was so. A, okay, well, let me set it up for you. Okay, okay. there's a couple things that happened. One of the one of the breakers did not. When I asked him a question, they did a boilerplate answer that had no connection to my question. Was, Thanks for asking, and or something. It didn't answer right. my simple question. Okay. Another one I asked. Another one I asked. Uh, it seems like the, it's supposed to. I'm supposed to have it by now. And so I, I don't want to, I'm not backing out or anything. I'm just wondering, is my shipment lost in the mail? Okay. At okay. which point they canceled my order and gave, so we'll just give you your money back. And know, wait a minute. Okay. A third one said they were going to break base cards or send me base cards and then didn't. Ooh, okay. 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 So and I can answer your question now and maybe. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, those are some things. And I think. Okay. When I talked to the uh, Upper Deck guys, Grant and uh, Chris, they said, you probably just picked the wrong breakers. We could have told you who the <laughs> breakers were that would help you with this product. And I said, well, that was the point of the experiment, not right. to go to Dane, a friend or a known person, but to just randomly pick some. And, and I live and learn. What did I do wrong? I think with us from the beginning, the most important thing when we were customers doing breaks, that's how we developed our business model. What do we want? What do we like? What do we not like? The first thing is you have to be transparent. You have to have terms and conditions. You have to have them available for customers to read. And each break, we post details, all card ship, random stacks of card ship for base, unsorted. Some set collectors like to have a variety of teams on their base cards. You have to have a set shipping schedule. <laughs> we ship like a Swiss watch every Tuesday, every Friday, break ship. We have an answer for everyone. We do have a standard answer, which days break ship on which days. You have to be able to communicate with people. You can't make them wait five to six days uh, to answer their emails. You have to answer them that day and you have to let them know what they're getting into. We put a tutorial video on our website, which has been huge. We actually heard a, something at the industry summit that said, you guys are, you breakers are missing out on an opportunity. Most people are coming into your room and they don't know what's going on. Why don't you guys create a video and explain what's going on and tell them how you operate. And so we did that. And that's been huge for us. I don't think you did anything wrong. I think, you know, there's good breakers and bad breakers. 
Well, or, or uh, I think they're, they might be mediocre breakers. Mediocre. But, because I, I know there's some good ones out there, obviously. But yes. okay, your turn. Ask me your question, then I'll follow up with another one. All right. Dr. Jim Beckett's top three greatest players of all time in order NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Well, I just did that episode with Adam Gray where I talked about the top 10 basketball cards and. I just, I had LeBron and Michael Jordan. Those were two guys. I've had season tickets for 30 years. And those guys were the ones where there was real excitement to go to the Bulls games. Not necessarily Wizards, but, with, okay, but and, any, and especially LeBron when he was younger. He was three giant strides and he was down the court and dunking. So those would be probably Michael over LeBron just because I'm a little more of a vintage guy in that sense. And, and that episode described more football. Favorite card. Are you saying favorite card or player? No, uh, top three best players from each sport of all time. I'm a, I'm a Cowboy fan. If I look at my wall of fame, there probably are more Cowboys on there than anything else. Some of the ones that are, that I've met that have been around here. It's, it's hard. My problem is, I never met LeBron. I never let, met Michael Jordan. And so I could, but these, the, the Roger Staubachs and the Emmett Smiths and the Troy Aikmans, I've, I've met those guys. They're decent guys. They're, they're, they're good guys. Those, those would be three right there that are probably, uh, Roger is a little bit older than me, but I remember seeing him when, when he was at the Naval Academy, when I was at the Naval Academy, not as a student, but I was there for a tennis tournament when I was 13 years old and he was one of the midshipmen. Wow. And then Troy, we did our, company's auction with back in 1993 we did our he was our our headliner for our grand opening of our building and Emmett my wife and I sat with Emmett at a, at a charity function last year and he's just a pretty down-to-earth very talent multi-talented guy so that'd be three okay baseball ah, Roberto all three <laughs> probably I have a lot of Babe Ruth stuff I think he and I have a lot of Mickey Mantle you know funeral service was two blocks away from here his house was a mile away his uh, golf club is where I'm a member too so Mantle would be in there Gehrig as a model of consistency especially with having a disease named after him that, I, that I've had several friends now that have had that which is just yeah. so that, that's probably good and again they're all very collectible uh, so I guess Dana breaks out. Baseball is kind of the oldest, and then football is, and then basketball are the newer guys. In keeping with the fact that basketball is really the only one that I've kept my season tickets for. Okay, my turn. Let's see. Okay, one thing I think I did wrong that in the breaking that you is I chose the product and then tried to find a breaker, and I think the other way around is better. So could you speak to that? Because I don't think you broke, you don't break every product. We don't break much hockey just because you do have to have a brick and mortar store to buy uh, at wholesale from Upper Deck. And we may do that someday. We haven't done that to this point. But I I always advise people that come in our chat room and ask questions about us. I always say don't buy in until you've watched at least five to ten of our videos. And pick a sport you like. Go to our YouTube page. Search for whatever product you want to watch us break and you can find it. And uh, just watch us. We're not for everybody. And there's a lot of breakers that are not for me that people swear by. And I uh, always tell people, just get a good taste of what we're doing before you come in. Because when we don't do that's when we have unhappy customers or they don't know what they're actually buying. They, some people think they're buying an entire case 
of national treasures when in fact they're buying a spot in a case of national treasures. We always want people to educate first and, and see what we're doing. Well, my point was, if you pick the product first and then try to find a breaker, then you're comparing. And I think my, my question to you is, it's maybe apples and oranges because different breakers do it different ways. Maybe have different, by player, by team, random, by a, a couple of teams together, things like that. So it makes it hard to compare. And so I guess it just makes you want to think, I like the way Dane does it. I'm going to choose from the breaks that you have coming. Yeah, if you want a certain team, you definitely need to look for a pick your team. A breaker that does, some breakers only do pick your team. Some breakers only do random teams. We're heavy random teams. And uh, some breakers just do personal boxes. Yeah. Know, guaranteed yeah. number of hits, doing a box for Jim. And so, yeah, I think you... You look at the product and then you look at what do I want out of the product. But I always say, watch the breaker first because you might not like what you're, you might love what you, and that might alter your decision on, on who to go with. Why would they not what they see from you? Is that you guys are having too much fun? Maybe so. Maybe uh, some people have told us you guys a little too chatty. We like to chat with our customers, talk about cards of the past, talk about how this product compares to other things. We like to do product reviews while we're breaking. We'll take about an hour. And some breakers take 20, 30 minutes to do the same product. And it's every, there's no wrong way to do it. We do about four or five breaks a night. Some breakers do 20 a night. So when I did my five breakers, mm-hmm. it turned out not to be fabulous. When I watched the breaks, I watched them at double speed. So I could just really quickly figure out when my team came up. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, that was, that was one of my guys. And that's when I found out that there was a base card that it wasn't a big hit or anything, but it was still at a more expensive product, base cards yeah. Yeah, is one pack per box, something like that. Gee. Base cards have value now, especially with the prism, sure prism, 